It's that time of the week again, the Gift of Gaming podcast. And this week we're talking about video game subcultures. And I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Take it away, intro. <laughs> All right, it's me, it's your host, Darren Wade, and today I'm joined by the old reliables, Mr. Xbox Games Pass himself, Luke Maycock. What up, what up? And the PC playing console hating Mr. Canadian himself, Chris Robbins. Chris. My name gets longer and longer every time I come on the show. Every episode I'm going to come up with a new little uh, title to put in front of it. Uh, how are you guys doing? Great. Good. Great. Yeah. Good. I can't believe I just did the, the podcast What Up, What Up as my intro. <laughs> I died a little inside we made when it, that baby. came out of my mouth. <laughs> it's official. It's a real podcast now. It's a real podcast. We're in there. So you guys been, uh, what have you been up to? Been playing anything nice? Do anything nice recently? Uh, yeah. I mean, my whole library kind of got shifted around because uh, a little while back, um, I actually got banned from Apex. <gasps> Yeah. Bad, it was a bad language, Chris. Yeah, it, it was bad language. Yeah. No, it was. I got flagged for what they thought was cheating, but I uh, was only playing on Linux, and it just like the EAC system flagged me as like running some sort of shady software. You, you know, were running a shady. All software. Linux people are bad. People. <laughs> oh, Chris, yeah. you were running Linux. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, fair enough. Arch Linux. Yeah, right? but I I ended up uh, putting in two appeals, and both times they got denied. Uh, stating that, like, yeah, we did a, th- it was just an automated message. It was like, we did a thorough investigation of your account, and we have confirmed that you are, in fact, a cheater. And I was like, after the second one, I was like, oh, fuck's sakes, I, I don't care anymore. But, so is uh, your Apex playing days over? No. So somebody else, instead of opening an appeal, just went to, straight to the forums and, like, was, listen, me and my friend just got banned for playing uh, on Linux. And that just opened the floodgates, like, hundred, like hundreds of people kind of went there and upvoted it and commented the same. And then a couple of days later, uh, I got a message. He's like, oh, we reverted your ban. I was like, oh, so... <laughs> so not only did you ban, yeah, ban back, you're internet famous now, too. I guess so. Yeah. But, like, the, 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 <laughs> so. the thorough investigation is what threw me because yeah. they're, like, literally calling me a liar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, then a couple of days later, they're like, yeah, a thorough investigation was, you know... It <laughs> was actually nothing. Digits. I was thinking about hitting them with GDPR and just like, you know what? Give me every bit of data you have on <laughs> yeah. me. I'll, I'll do this investigation myself. But, yeah, but... Because of that, I decided to bite the bullet and do a dual boot and get a Windows installation for those kind of games. Welcome to the modern age. Yep. Modern age, man. <laughs> um, but that opened up a couple more doors, which is Halo Infinite. Been playing a fair amount of that. Nice. And a ton of Dead by Daylight. Nice. Absolutely love that What's game. What's your impression of Halo? In- Sorry, is Halo Infinite the newest one? Yeah. Yep. What's your impression? Uh, yeah. I mean, you get a... Do big team battles, drive around in a warthog, and shoot people. It's Free. it's, and I prefer that kind of uh, run and gun, like arena shooter to Apex. To be perfectly honest, yeah. yeah. Instead of like a, a battle royale, you prefer yeah. like because I I used to think that a lot. That's why I used to love Call of Duty was because their level design was always what was the coolest thing about yeah. the games. When you're playing multiplayer, you have to learn the level design, the spawn points, how long it takes you to get to places. That's all part of the muscle memory of playing the game. Whereas with Battle Royales, it's not that 
not that there's no level design involved it's just i think it's i'm just not used to thinking about levels in that kind of way as yeah. big open sandboxes so yeah arena shooters definitely yeah. yeah and just like that added like a bit more vertical uh mobility and yeah. i much prefer hit scan weapons i didn't like the kind of like bullet drop that came with apex mm-hmm. i like to like point my cursor hit my button and that's where i shoot yeah and that's that's a reasonable request I and mean, that's the problem with uh, battle royales i mean i love a good i love a good Call of Duty, Warzone, but uh, it's the time you can spend running around a level, don't see anybody, nothing happens, and then you just die, and that's that's it. You're kind of like, well, that was a waste of twenty minutes of my life. <laughs> yeah. ah, well, not a, a waste is a strong word, but I, I, you know, that like Fortnite, I got that with Apex when I played it briefly as well, Chris, and then uh, Warzone. I think it doesn't happen to me as much in Warzone because that's probably my strongest battle royale. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a real. I mean, I mean, I'd have to pay to play a full blown Call of Duty. But when I actually owned Call of Duties and did the team battles and that, that that stuff was fun as fun as fuck. Like the shipment, do you remember shipment the level? In like old COD, like old COD, like as it, but I think I think 4? the shipment has has continued in all of them so far, right, or a I, version of. I think that was COD Four originally shipment. That yes. like the tiniest yeah, yeah. fucking level tiniest ever, and it's just ever. about like you might survive 12, 13 seconds before you die, <laughs> but like that that intensity, you yeah. know. And it was a great way to level up, um, because in grenades thrown from spawn, just because yeah, they're yeah. not going to get a chance to do it again. <laughs> and, like sometimes people w- would do so well without dying that they get like the nine or ten kills, they get the the kill streaks. And you end up being like they spawn oh, yeah. up in a helicopter, just shooting down this tiny level, and like the rake of kills people would get. Yeah, I prefer that. What about you, Luke? You playing anything new or interesting, different, old? Chris, uh, Chris's mentioning of Halo Infinite did make me pick up the game. I only pe- played like one game of it, but I really enjoyed it. I I think I only played one because we won, and I played a great game, and I was like, yeah, I got my kick out of this. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, uh, so I. I carried a, a little capture the flag game and felt great about myself, so I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I don't know Quit if while you're winning. the league PTSD coming back to me. Uh, but no, I just got a lend off. Uh, a friend in work gave me a lend of the Super Mario 3D All-Stars Switch title. So I've been playing Super Mario Sunshine. So I've had the Delfino Plaza music, music stuck in my head. I've been like humming that's, it. That's, <laughs> I don't so know what good. age I was. I got, we got that game on the GameCube and kind of when it came out. And it was that thing where it was a gorgeous summer like the year I played it but I wanted to stay indoors and experience the Delfino Plaza summer because yeah. it like it's such a bright nice like knocking fruit <laughs> off of trees so I was you like, traded in real sunshine for Mario Sunshine the Mario Sunshine was way better than the real sunshine <laughs> at the time especially what else is on that one so it's Mario Super Mario Sunshine it's Mario 64 Super Mario Sunshine Super Mario Galaxy Galaxy and uh when you say Super Mario 64, is that like the original, like it's not a remastered version of the Nintendo 64 uh, they're version? All, they're all remastered. Oh, okay. Um, Very good. I don't know how remastered Galaxy is, but yeah, I'm pretty, I haven't booted up 64. Um, the only version I've played of Mario 64 is actually a remastered one. You're actually able to get um, on a bunch of Linux distros, you can get... Uh, mm, there's that word again. There's... Because Linux is <laughs> so amazing. Don't encourage him, Luke. He's just he's just left that behind him. <laughs> there's there's these uh, little tools you can get for like installing uh, games, and they have uh, someone basically remade Mario 64 in some game engine. Uh, I don't know one of the open source game engines, and you can just like log into like literally through your terminal. You can just be like da da da, and then you have Mario 64 on your whatever your Linux system is. So yeah. I have it on a bunch of like Raspberry Pis and stuff where I'll just boot them up and I'll be like, oh, I feel like playing Mario 64 and I'll just hit a terminal command and I'm playing Mario 64 with like remastered graphics and everything. And yeah, that's that's my main experience with it. I didn't grow up with Mario 64. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's been that's been me. Just a bit of Super Mario Sunshine. 
enjoying it. Get, I really loved it. I really loved the look of it when I was a kid, but I didn't own a GameCube. So mm-hmm. I'm going back down that rabbit hole. It's been fun. Good. See, I actually missed out on that entirely because I didn't like the look of it. I, I oh. took one look and it was just like shooting a water gun. This is dumb. <laughs> I think I saw Darren playing it when we were kids and I was like, oh, this looks really fun. The way it played, like the way the mechanics of the game worked, just like the fact that you could shoot your water. Streams, to make you jump higher and and the way you turned made the jets go really specific ways based on like where you were going i thought that was something about that really appealed to me when i was a kid and i never got that out of my i was never able to shake that out of my head and like people are big fans right now of uh like power washer simulator and stuff like that <laughs> like super, super mario sunshine was the first of its kind you know what i mean you're just going around cleaning up delfino plaza yeah, that's like, true do we not love super or power washer simulator i i don't get the and it's not just it doesn't no. end there there's also like lawnmower simulator there's mm-hmm. every yes. sort of simulator out there and it just people just love just like really Sim- hurting themselves simulating life yeah simulating life and, that, and all the boring things that we do in life you know because who's actually gonna to, gonna go and rent a power washer and, and do the stuff and get that much enjoyment out of it <laughs> there, you know there's something about the power washer simulator that's kind of obvious appeal right because it's like every inch of the dirt and then when you clean an object it kind of goes bling, yeah yeah it's like, like the endorphins oh. are like the so endorphin boost is through the roof. There's an interesting mod that I saw. Uh, Maximilian Dude was playing it, and it was like you could play through the Power Washer Simulator through Final Fantasy VII Remake, and you're like cleaning the Scorpion boss. <laughs> the Scorpion <laughs> boss is all dirty, and you're cleaning That's him up amazing. and stuff like that. And you have to go into Seventh Heaven and clean just, up Seventh Heaven the just bar. Some grunching employee. It's my nine to five now. You know, Shinra fifth class. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I haven't. I finished. Uh, the only thing I've been playing recently was I finished Hogwarts legacy and i won't say too much on that because we got the review coming up but i will say i had a really enjoyable uh playing session you know when you get like a couple of hours to play a game and it's it's all very like satisfying so it was lashing rain outside i was curled up chilled up with a real nice cup of tea and some biscuits and my cat and i just did like two three hours of hogwarts legacy to like just finish it out perfect timing yeah and it was it was it was great really enjoyed it but we'll talk about that on the review i also went to see john wick four at the weekend and I recently saw that IGN gave it a 10 out of 10. And I have no faith in IGN whatsoever. I, I've, I've been saying this for years. Well, no, this, I, they, I lost faith they've, you know, a while they, ago. They've given a lot of things 7 and 8, which I've been like, ah, those things aren't that good. But to give They're John very, Wick like, 4... Uh, I guess it can't be nepotism, but like something along those lines where they There's have to, to offend anybody. something that's a big name. because Like Keanu Reeves is in it, so it's like, whatever well, everyone loves yeah. Keanu Reeves, so we're not going to write this badly. And exactly. I love Keanu Reeves, but it's... It's literally, I think the film is maybe two hours, 20. I don't know the exact running time. It's long enough. Uh, and I'd say there's probably in total 20 minutes of dialogue. And the other two hours is nothing but gunfights and fistfights, which, you know, sounds exciting in some ways. But I was sitting through that. I was like, I'm actually getting a little bit bored with this scene. Desensitized. Like he, yeah, he's been fighting people for like 40 minutes now. And I'm kind of like, I'm tired watching them. But uh, there's this great scene. I won't put any spoilers out there. But there's a great scene where uh, you might have seen it in the trailer where he has to get up these stairs to his locations at the top of these stairs and he fights his way all the way up these stairs like 20 minutes worth of you know shooting people in the head and run up these steps and he gets to the top and I was in my head I was like woohoo okay we're here we go to the finale of the film finally because I'm this has been really dragging for a while so he kind of comes along and kicks him down the staircase again and it's 200 and something stairs but the scene is and I'm like they have to have they have to have known that this looks stupid because it's, I don't know if it's Keanu Reeves or if it's stunt double, but the guy rolls down the stairs and he rolls all the way down, but there's like these little, you know, flap bits in between the staircases, let's say. It's a straight staircase all the way down, 
But you can see the stunt double throwing himself <laughs> further down the steps to get all the way to the bottom. And I was in the, the whole audience laughed. And I was like, I hope to God they've done this on purpose because this is like so obviously a bit. Uh, yeah, my, my thing would be don't go see John Wick 4. Or don't pay to go see John Wick 4 in the cinema. Okay. It's, it's a long old film. But that's enough of that. I'll go into a bit of housekeeping before we go into our actual topic of today. Um, but for those of us, uh, for those of you who don't know, if you're only listening to this, this is your first episode. And with exciting news for this week, we're doing our Hogwarts Legacy review, which will be coming out on Friday. But if you are a Patreon listener, you will get a 42 hours. That's not an, an actual 48 <laughs> hours. I could make it real specific and give uh, it to them 42 hours earlier. 48 hours earlier, you'll have access to listen to us, uh, the crew, talking about Hogwarts Legacy and our thoughts and opinions of that game. Um, and that's for the cost of as little as a coffee a month for bonus uh, episodes. You'll get them as well. Um, and yeah, that's that. I think that's all the housekeeping I have. On to the topic at hand, fellas. Video game subculture. I think that's what we're going to call it. Subculture. Yeah, that's kind of what we named it, I guess. I don't know if it's the, the best name. I'll come up with a better title after yeah. we've done the episode. But what are we... What's When we say video game subculture, what are we talking about here? I'm thinking like what aspects of video gaming do we absolutely love that doesn't involve necessarily playing the game itself or playing the game in the traditional way it was meant. Fantastic. So something to do that like builds upon um, replayability or just your general interest in gaming. Thank heavens that's your um, definition because uh, the stuff I picked fits into that. So that's great. That's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I, I try to paint some broad strokes and who knows, maybe it could, we could... Uh, Splinter some of these off into episodes themselves, but you know, yeah, you know, and maybe we should sit down together and research these episodes together, and then that could be the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> then we'd yeah, all yeah, be, on, yeah. be on the same Just page. Just us at the pub having pints. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. But Pepper I think Chris, this is originally an idea that you kind of um, vocalized to the group. Um, you kind of had a couple of ideas for gaming subculture. What's your? Yeah. What's one of your kind of favorite? Like when you think of that, what's the kind of thing that your your go to? for fun video game subculture topic what do you well, go to well i'm gonna start off with uh one that's not my big hitter here but um it will definitely tie into the big hitter but uh i absolutely okay so a little backstory as you guys already know i'm not much of a fan of narrative and stories when it comes to games i just sometimes when i sit down and play a game i just want to play the game i don't want to have to read through a bunch of like dialogue and side quests or an unreasonable amount of data shards or like journal logs that you find in the world can't be bothered but i am still interested in what's going on in that world and the story and thankfully there's always some absolute legend out there that has plunged the depths compiled all this data and pieced it together in a coherent story and uploaded it to YouTube where I can listen back while I'm working or working out. So I still get that side of the story. I got to hear what's going on. Maybe even some uh, theories thrown in there, but like I absolutely love when a real fan will also combine his passion for content creation and start making videos and content like that. Yeah. Nice, yeah. I love, any, that. I love that series. Yeah. Any game in particular that you think that's been done superbly well on? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, like the whole Soul series kind of needed that. Or like it was dependent on fans to piece that together. Um, there and was, is that because just the game was lacking in terms of internal lore? Or it was just a massive headache a lot to try of it and was, figure out? Yeah, 
it was speculation and like the put piecing the story together was probably harder than playing the game. So you'd you'd get a lot of like content creators that would a lot of it was actually just theory crafting, but they would like a whole community grew around it. They bounce ideas off each other, and even I never submitted my own theories, but I always had some in my head too, and it was just fun to I don't know have a community like that where you knew everyone else was doing the same. Um, aside from that, I like I said I've been playing a bunch of DBD, and it's purely an online game. There's no story to it, right? It's just matchmaking for survivors against killer. Mm-hmm. And all these survivors do have, like, journal log, or all the survivors and killers have journal logs and, like, background stories and stuff. But I'm not going to go sit there and read it when I turn on the game. I'll just open up a video, and somebody has already compiled the whole history of, like, the, the clown or the, the doctor or something and, like, how he became so messed up. That's sick. I like that. Yeah. yeah. It kind of has the same appeal as, I don't know if you guys ever watch, like, a channel like Alt-Shift-X on YouTube, but they do... They do breakdowns of, I, I think their most famous are doing breakdowns of like Game of Thrones lore and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay. So yeah. Go through oh, like and I think you might have actually put these guys on to me before, Luke. Yeah. I think Craig talks about them before as well. Yeah. Craig, yeah. Craig's really into them. Our dude, our guy. Um, And they have, yeah, it's like it kind of picks apart the episode and goes into like the backstory of it. And yep. there's something really satisfying about having those blanks kind of filled in for you about something that you care about. Someone else has put in the work and... I get, like you said, express themselves through content creation and they've created something really cool. Well, if, they, if, it, if it didn't exist, I wouldn't have the grasp on the Kingdom Hearts narrative that I do. <laughs> exactly. oh, and I, and I, I played that game hard you know I mean? and, and like, li- tried my best to listen to what was going on and played all of the games in the order they're meant to be played in and still had like outrageous gaping big holes in the yeah. the storyline, but there's some guy who'd be like, "Don't worry, I got you, I got your back. This is this is this is the story." And I'm like, "Sweet, thank fuck," because I have no idea. Yeah, th- and those videos are particularly important when it comes to games with really convoluted timelines, like Castlevania, or like, yeah, I guess Zelda has a timeline now. That one doesn't really make much sense. But when I went back and started playing Doom, trying to find out the history and the timeline where the games actually fit in, so yeah, it's nice to see that. Somebody else has already done that work for me in a much better delivery than I could have ever done. Yeah. I would have actually hated the story by the end of trying to piece it together. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, you'll take somebody else's explanation any day. Yeah. I recommend anyone listening go check out Brian David Gilbert's Polygon recap of the Legend of Zelda storyline. Interesting. Good chance. Well, especially now that we're going to get, like, Fantastic I think there's a content. gameplay trailer due soon from Nintendo <laughs> for um, Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. And, you know, that's due out soon as well. So that's all quite exciting. Yes. And yeah. it is a very sincere and funny, not funny, just serious video. Yeah, don't but before you listen about... to him, listen to us about what we talk about. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, don't yeah. go pulling the fan base away from us, Luke. You know, we've barely, we, you know, we've barely got anything as it is, you know? No, I love that. I love I love that as a, a little... I love, I love anyone who does any kind of content like that around games. Like, kind of, the way I'm thinking about this whole episode is, you know... People like everybody. Everybody in this room plays video games. Everybody that's listening to this podcast probably plays video games as well. If you don't, you're not welcome. <laughs> that's not true. Of you course, are totally you're welcome. Right. Please sit to the Patreon. <laughs> um, <laughs> if if you're listening and you don't play video games, you're not a real gamer until you sub to the Patreon. I'm sorry. That's, that's just that's the truth. Those, those <laughs> oh are the rules. God, those are the rules. Uh, no, but I love I love when people. So everyone plays games, and and there's something about taking that passion or that drive about video games to another level and it manifesting in something kind of deeper in your life like whether it's making these really like well-made like making content around games or something like that i think that's beautiful because it's just passion shining through yeah Uh, it's Mm -hmm. it's just taking a different form at a deeper level i kind of uh 
I've recently been going back and watching a channel called Action Button Reviews. I think I might have shown you a bit of these videos, Darren, uh, but it's a guy who does these very long reviews of games and he plans out a whole series around them. Oh, you mentioned this guy. Oh, yeah. I did. Yeah, sorry. He did I mentioned like this to you. Six hours of. Uh, yeah, so he some took really weird game. He took a video, one of the first ever dating sims, a Japanese game That's from the right. '90s yeah. by Konami called Toki Meki Memorial. And he did a six-hour-long review of it, and it like, I've watched it maybe three times. <laughs> I just can't imagine how, how you could. I mean, obviously, you'd have to do a lot of planning, but I think about like because we're, we're prepping to do the Hogwarts Legacy review, and I'm kind of like. Oh, putting all these bits and pieces down. I'm like, there might be a two-hour episode there mm-hmm. with the help of mm-hmm. three other people. And, that's and this t- guy's by, by himself, rocking out six yeah. hours and talking about the one thing. I'm like, holy shit, that's And he's impressive. editing the crap out of them and everything. It's an insane feat. of like, he's, he's incredible. But I love stuff like that. I love when the action button review, a lot of people listening probably know about uh, H Bomber Guy or Super Eye Patch Wolf. Um, channels like that who just like really, really care about this stuff and they bring that love and passion to a deeper level and just like express it as best they can i think it's beautiful and what about for you like is there anything in particular i mean you're talking obviously you're just talking about like deep dive content creators like horror right. wise is there anything anything else in the subculture genre that tickles your fancy well for me if you kind of if you take that same thread like the idea that it's something you love doing and you take it to like its most extreme level like you keep leaning into it you might have something like like a fan art comes through or fan fiction around yeah. Stuff like that comes through. Uh, and then if you keep running with that, I think on the gaming side of things, people obsess over these games and they, they try and get them perfect and you have stuff like speed running coming through. Mm-hmm. Or they turn they turn playing video games into a job through esports, like competitive gaming. That's yeah. oh, but what I found out was quite mad about the e-gaming thing. I, I think I watched there's like a, a small <coughs> excuse me. There's a small documentary, I think it was on Netflix that I watched, or maybe even on YouTube. But the lifespan of a professional league gamer for like League of Legends is so short. Like you start when you're like 15, 16, 17, whatever. By the time people are like 23, 24, they're, they're done. They're burnt <laughs> they're out. They're up. done. They're yeah. old people. They have old people reflexes. Don't have yeah. reflexes. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, holy moly. Because the money crazy. maybe. <laughs> yeah. So eSports e- would be kind of where you're, I mean, you like to just, just keeping your... Oh yeah. I, I, every, it doesn't matter how far away I get removed from my abusive relationship with League of Legends. Every year when the World Championships come on, I have to watch them. They're they're oh really great. Oh yeah, man. But I they're think that's that's so different. Good. That's different to like. I mean, you're watching like a final with like the people at the the absolute tip of their the tip of the iceberg when it comes to their game. You don't have to sit there and listen through all the toxic <laughs> wannabe know. professionals, well, which that, is the nice thing. That's it. And these weird these like weirdly powerful narratives emerge. Uh, what was it at the last World Championships? It was. Um, uh, Faker is like known. At, you pro- have you heard of Faker? Yeah, I know Faker. You've yeah, heard, he's a you big heard of Faker? Okay, so that's really surprising. Everyone has heard of Faker because that's how prolific he is. You guys don't play League of Legends, you don't follow, but you know Faker. He's the goat, uh, and he still plays, and he still plays for the same team. And they made it to the finals um, this year again, and they were an amazing team. It's ba- the team is basically Faker. And then four other really young, talented guys who do whatever Faker tells them to do. <laughs> and they're just a machine. Like, they could not be beaten. They were they were playing through, and Faker was finally going to get his, like, fucking fourth world championship or something. Like, he's insanely good. Insane record. And along the way, there was another lower-seeded Korean team came through. Uh, still, like, an amazing team on the world stage, but definitely not considered at the same the underdog as we'd like to call them definitely the definitely the underdog from korea and their career we're having a great year so they're definitely not the underdog across the competition but their ad carry which is one of the roles on the team 
uh, is a player called Deft. Deft used, I'm pretty sure Deft used to play with Faker once upon a time, ages ago, and kind of had his whole own story where he got switched onto teams and he fall, fallen off for a really long time. And I don't, I'm not sure if Deft had actually originally won a world championship, but Faker had. So Deft and Faker both went to the same secondary school together. We're both in the same class in high school together. And then both went off into esports and did their own thing and kind of floated around the scene. So they went from the same classroom together. Deft's team ended up making it to the world championship final. So the final was Deft versus Faker. And the, the world was going nuts for it. And Deft's team, in spite of being the underdogs, won the series. And it was Gotta love an underdog so story. hype. It was amazing. <laughs> and Deft, who... Again, I'm pretty sure and I can't. I'm not 100% sure if this is right. I don't think he'd won a world championship before, but him winning that, at like against Faker, like beating the the greatest of all time, and like winning his first world championship on the stage, he was so happy. It was like a <laughs> life. But he just won a couple of hundred grand, I'd say. With oh those, yeah, he'd won a shitload of money. Yeah, but yeah. It, but it was like the fact that he could call himself the best in the world then, and that he had beaten the ultimate opponent, and yeah, it was just and his great. rival. These narratives come out all the time. That's what makes esports so yeah. fucking exciting to watch. Like, that stuff is great. I love it. it gets me so hype. I remember watching the uh, the history of uh, Hungry Box's career, just <laughs> <laughs> destroying everyone with One. Jigglypuff and Smash yeah. Bros. He's he's the Smash guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Hungry Box. Yeah, yeah. I only know uh, him from watching the uh, reaction videos of Sora being announced for Smash. That's the only reason I know Hungry Box. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. what a dude. Um, I think for me, when we said kind of subculture and the things that, that kind of happen outside of gaming, one of the first things that came to mind was an old memory I had of Twitch Plays Pokemon Red. Twitch Plays, yeah. And like, so I had this memory of it and I like took part, it was back in 2014, like February 2014 is when it kicked off and it was an Australian programmer who was like, I want to try a social experiment. I'm going to put Pokemon, stream Pokemon Red on my Twitch channel, but I'm not going to play it the viewers are going to play it. So there's a little comment box section where you can type in up, down, left, right, A, B, start, whatever, all the controls of a Game Boy. And it would go in order of the that the buttons were input into the comment section was how the uh, game the game. I thought play. it was based on votes. Oh, no. No, the votes came later. Oh, okay. Yeah, the yeah, first yeah. one was... Yeah, yeah. So, so when it when it started off... So this, and this is the thing. And I was like... I, I have this memory of it from, from 2014 and, and the, the small section of it that I played for a couple hours. And then I watched like... Rewatched videos, like videos of people talking about the whole thing. And I was just like, oh my God, I, I need to, like, it's insane. So basically, you know, they start off, this guy's day one. It's not being streamed or recorded properly. So there's no footage of like the first day, you know. And the guy gets like, you know, they they, they, they pick a charm, like the community, the hive mind, as they called it, picked a charmander, named it Abby. But they didn't name it Abby, they named it like AB. Why, 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 why? Like, because like, it was just nothing but input. So, like, the community around that was always coming up with names for these characters. He had, like, a Charmander called Abby. They picked up a Pidgey that they didn't name. And this Pidgey ended up becoming a Pidgeot. And they called it Bird Jesus. And they had all this. It, guys, it gets insane. So, like, and the reason I think of, like, this is my subculture thing was because it's a community of people and they're playing a game in a very different way. It's like people just hop onto a stream and I thought it was like, it was this weird thing where I only played it for um, like four or five hours. We were going through what was called the the spinning hell, which was in the power plant where you fight Giovanni. <laughs> it has all the, the arrow yeah. platforms, which when you have a hive mind is insane. Impossible. Impossible. <laughs> so we went around it for ages and this is where democracy was introduced right so so basically and this is it's just crazy how like the lore comes up with this because they called what was happening anarchy because it was essentially anarchy there was just just people putting in commands and red was running run around doing whatever the fuck all the commands were which you could get through the most of the stuff 
by doing that. But when it came to something like the power plant, people were like, I don't know if we can actually get through this part of the game with democracy. So they went around, failed at loads of times, and the day ended. So the stream stopped and everyone had to wait until the next day when the guy put the stream back live. But when he put it back live the next day, there was a new thing called democracy, whereby these a bunch of commands would come up on screen and people would have 20 seconds to vote on which command they yeah, wanted to be input next. I remember. So this is how I had played it. I only played it with democracy. So I didn't know about the anarchy thing. So I came on, and I was like, oh, yes, of course I'll vote for left because we need to go left, you know, all that kind of stuff. So to me, it was quite simple. And then we beat Giovanni. And the funny thing was they had a, a character, they, they'd ca- caught this ratatat that they called Dig Rat because <laughs> all, all he ever did was use Dig at the most in opportune moments so there we were we defeated giovanni and there's the silph scope like right beside him the little pokeball thing and instead of picking it up we use dig rat to dig us out of the power plant. <laughs> and it was that thing where because i never really i never that was my kind of one and only experience with twitch i've never really been on twitch before that or since and i was on a kind of you know type around but the comments were great like it was like all of us were in this together and like we saw you know ash or red like doing that animation to dig out of the power plant and the comment went mad be like no fuck no we've been four hours it took us to get here like people losing it you know yeah. but the interesting thing was democracy allowed us to get that and then um afterwards when we got out people were like okay enough of this democracy so <laughs> along came what was known as the start nine protests and I love this. The lore is amazing. So this is like a real... So people started being like, okay, we're done with democracy. We want, we want anarchy back. Do you call them the start nine? The start nine protests. So okay. what people did was they... Everyone put in the input start nine, which basically paused and unpaused the menu nine times. <laughs> and people kept voting for that. So that was like known as the start nine protest. And it meant that the stream, apart from being paused and unpaused, was inactive for 18 minutes because people were like, no, we're not moving until we get anarchy back. So then... The stream left, and lo and behold, the guy took the stream offline, puts it back online with this thing where people can, while they're commenting about where they want to go, they can then add in a vote for democracy or anarchy. And it was just bare at the top to be like, are people want to be more democratic or do people want to be like anarchy? And so they had this whole thing. And what was amazing about it, I don't know if you guys remember, at the very beginning of the game, you get to choose two fossils a helix fossil or a dome fossil. Yeah. And the helix is Ammonite or Amastar, whatever it is, and the dome is Kabuto, Kabutops. And people picked the helix fossil and the lore around that was like, oh, the old god, he's been fossilized or whatever else, the helix <laughs> god or whatever. And he ended up being like this, I, I suppose, not spokesperson, but the god of the uh, anarchy. So like <laughs> helix was the god of anarchy. And as the game went on, then like they needed a water Pokemon later on to cross the ocean to get the Cinnabar to fight um, Blaine. Blaine, thank you. And uh, they were like, okay, well, we have an Eevee. Let's go to the shop in whatever city, town it is, to the vending machine, and let's get ourselves a Waterstone because Vaporeon is Eevee's strongest evolution, and that's a great uh, Pokemon to get Surf. So with Eevee, uh, early, like, earlier on in the game, they tried to put Eevee in a PC box to hold on to Eevee until they could do this. But putting Pokemon in the PC box was like... It was like taking life into into like <laughs> like risky hands because when you're doing that, it's so easy to release Pokemon. That's right, yeah. And when yeah. they were putting Fuck. Eevee into the box, they accidentally released Abby, who was now a Charmeleon, and uh, this other Ratatat, not Digrat, but this other Ratatat that they liked called Jay Leno. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> so Jay they Leno. so they released uh, Charmeleon, who Abby, and then this this Pokemon Jay Leno. So all they were left with, they were like, "Fuck, well, we hate Eevee because Eevee has cost us our Charmeleon." Later on, they're like, "Okay, we're going to get Eevee out." We're going to give her the water stone and she's going to be a Vaporeon. And people accidentally spent all the money on four lemonades and a fire stone. <laughs> so they had no water stone. So, uh, so they had this fire stone and Flareon is like the worst uh, evolution of an Eevee. So they make the Eevee a Flareon and Flareon becomes the face 
of democracy. <laughs> so it's like the helix versus the, the thing. So basically, anyway, like to, I love that thing so much because they went through and they finished the game and I hopped onto the stream when they were going for Victory Road. Now, I didn't see them actually win it, but I hopped on for another bit when they were going through Victory Road and they never got to blue. But they're playing it through enough times, and I was like, Bird Jesus is fucking unbelievable. Because, like, Bird Jesus was like level. Bird Jesus always was, though. Like, Pidgeot was always one of my last. Uh, like, such a team. good Pokemon yeah, to have. Like, like, my end game team. So, they, they had this whole thing where they're like, they weren't winning uh, at the Elite Four. They're like, okay, we need to go and grind. But they went back to the with the Helix Fossil. They magically, like, thankfully took the helix fossil out of the pc without losing any more pokemon managed it to get it to the guy who would let it evolve or get it out of the fossil so they had helix the, the god and they just grinded with helix until they could evolve helix into an amistar or an ammonite into an amistar and then the, the god itself was on the the team and apparently the amistar had amazing little fights at the end towards the finishes but the community since then has been amazing i checked on like updates i was like what's happened since they've done the entire pokemon series now Yes, but, <laughs> but 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 the viewership yeah. the viewership never got to the numbers that no, it had for red, no, unfortunately. No. But I went to check on updates about like, oh, Twitch plays Pokemon Red. Like, what's what anything updated since then? There was a legitimate registered religion following the Helix, like the Helix also. <laughs> and I have a screen. Let me just I have a screenshot of the actual definition of the religion. Um, where is it here? The Church of Helix, also known as Helixism is a religious affiliation primarily focused around worship of the helix fossil or after its revival helix himself and the concept of anarchy it is typically considered in contrast to and opposing the dome fossil and democracy or <laughs> as helix fossil. yeah or as uh, helix followers tend to refer to domecracy <laughs> but it's like so it's a little legitimately registered uh, religion now that's Helixism. amazing and oh, i was like I was, and it, it's funny to be a small part of that like just to be there for 15 yeah well i mean i was there for like three hours while i was working on a college project or whatever but that's what like i wasn't even really playing that game but all of this came from a video game from what like the late 90s 1998 was pokemon 97 98 yeah that's the thing about video games is their impact is so like long lasting like it, it runs so deep especially games that you played when you were a kid like red version or blue version or whatever yeah that shit just carries and when these that's new right. systems come out, yeah. That's so funny. And they went, like, there were spinoffs too. Because somebody also did... Telling uh, <laughs> Darren uh, about Fish Plays Pokemon? No, they did um, uh, Twitch Twitch Plays Dark Souls, which I don't oh, even know. Like, they beat it. I don't. It took them 46 oh, yeah. days. <laughs> I don't even know how that's possible because, like you said, they're just, like, entering commands. So I don't even know how that works with, like, an yeah. action-oriented game. Mm, yes. But they also did, and this one's probably my favorite, uh... Twitch installs Arch Linux. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a fucking train wreck. It was actually pretty quick. It was probably quicker than I installed Arch Linux, to be perfectly honest. That's but knowing, so <laughs> knowing at uh, any moment somebody could just like do a command that just erases everything when mm. that got voted in. Yeah. That brick, bricks the computer. Yeah. yeah. It is insane, though, that they managed to, like, it, that it can never be completed in that format i think it took them 17 days to finish pokemon and what's interesting they had like some of the days were were named and they went to the safari zone at one point because you have to get surf from one of the buildings in the safari zone and that they caught like 13 pokemon while they were in there got surf it was all great but then on the sunday like the sunday before they actually finished the playing through the game it was uh, termed bloody sunday because I think they went in to get the Helix fossil out of the computer and released like eleven Pokemon, like by accident. <laughs> but they never. It was, so it was, a it was known as Bloody Sunday, like. 
as a sacrifice for the helix god. But that's that's, that's where all the, the lore comes from. I love that like people were, were and like the video I was watching to kind of catch myself up and everything that happened. The fan art is unbelievable. Oh, I've seen <laughs> some of the fan art. The fan art because you have like the fan art has like um, Ammonite for the helix fossil, like as a godlike figure in this one with like bird Jesus and like the speaker, which was like Zapados and like you know Charmeleon or Charm or like whatever he was released but he was the known as the protector so all the Pokemon that got released they all the lore was that the Charmander that they released early on in the game was protecting them you know as all these fan out of all these Pokemon surrounded by Charmeleon's tail for like a fire in the in the wilderness I was like this is insane you know yeah, that's class that's beautiful you look yeah you just love seeing the passion run so deep so yeah. long after so much so that they have a legitimate religion now and then and I just I don't know if you caught that Chris but fish plays Pokemon was a big one for a while fish plays like yeah was it like a fish swimming around like pointing at something somehow yeah like the fish's tank was divided up into different inputs and so if the fish swam here it would i input did up. see that yeah, yeah. and then yeah. like the stream like the the they actually had a video like right on him in yes. the fish bowl. Yeah. yeah i think the fish I, died before they beat <laughs> oh, <no>, poor guy <laughs> but there's died for the cause that kind of reminds me there's a girl that uh used to play Dark Souls and like Bloodborne and all those games on a uh, on a D DDR pad. Oh yeah, and is she not still? Did she not? Do oh, she might. Game? She might still be. But she has a video out there, a couple of videos where she has she has a pet bunny too, <laughs> and she's actually killed a few bosses like just putting her bunny on the DDR pad and like. Kind <laughs> of I'm gonna like, let you do this. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could have sworn you were gonna say she's actually killed a few bunnies. Sorry. on the pad and oh, just kind of no. like. Uh, made it follow her hand around and like, okay. yeah, to issue the commands and ended up killing the boss with a bunny. I'm so bad at video games. Like, you, I mean, if there's rabbits out there that are doing it on Dance Dance Revolution, beat, so I can't even get past some stuff. Beat Dark Souls. Have you played any of the Souls games? Uh, I played uh, Bloodborne, uh, but didn't... It's just not my... That, me that, that real kind of dark medieval setting is not my jam. I don't like that atmosphere in games. Bloodborne wasn't even really... It was like gothic Victoria. Sorry, kinda, that, yeah. that's what I mean. Like the gothic, the real kind of like uh, stark castles yeah. and, and all Love that kind it. of stuff, you know? Um, which is a pity because I had a roommate uh, when I was in New Zealand and this guy loved punishment. Like he would put it on the hardest difficulty and I'd watch him play through it and he was like, oh, you should have a go, you should have a go. And maybe because I was just watching him who was incredibly good at it but still dying a lot. I was like, I, this, what's the point? Like if that's the level you have to get to to actually get through the game, that's not yeah. a thing I want to, to get involved with, you know? It's not, yeah, not you to me. be a bit of a glutton for punishment sometimes. Yes. And I'm trying to move away from that in my gaming of late. <laughs> not me, man. Playing, playing <laughs> less that. souls. I'll go back and play Contra. I have no Chris, problem. Chris, you playing with a Velcro, Velcro pad over there? There Sorry, it is. Yeah, yeah, that was a bad <laughs> idea. I, I was like, thinking. yeah, Velcro noise picking up. There we go. Uh, have you got anything else, Chris, for gaming subculture? That that. Uh, yeah. Well, the the one that uh, kind of sparked this whole idea of mine. Um, I just didn't think we could fill out the whole I don't know, forty minutes to an hour that we do these podcasts for. But I absolutely love the speedrunning community. Yeah. And how much effort these guys put in to shave like just seconds off of their not even the world record but their own personal best mm. and they just mm -hmm. like pop off and uh this is also why i kind of tied it in with content creation is because one of my favorite creators is a guy named summoning salt and he does these history of videos like history of mario 3 speed running history of something else he even has a half hour of the history of Mario Kart 64's Choco Mountain Racetrack. Like half an hour video just covering the speed run track over like the years for where it goes from like, I don't know, let's say like 12 minutes 
all the way down to like 10 seconds, which is, it's, it's a wild ride. It's definitely worth the watch. But uh, yeah, I never dipped my toes too much into speed running, despite like always watching the videos on uh, YouTube. But um, yeah, you know, I guess I, I just, maybe I'm not that much of a glutton for pus- punishment because these guys play. I don't think... I, yeah, the dedication I, is incredible. I get the idea that it would be a glutton for punishment thing, but I think there's something more to it as well. I think a lot of the games that people do specialize in and do pick out for speedrunning are ones... They're their comfort games. Like, they're their games. They're their happy place games. Like, I haven't done any speedrunning, but I could pretty quickly pick out a few games that I would speedrun if I was going to because one of them, one of them would be uh, Jack and Daxter would definitely be one. Yeah, uh, Spyro has a cool speedrunning community around it, like the original Spyro the Dragon, because they're games that I spent so much time with as a kid, and I'm so familiar with the mechanics already that if I were to yeah, that makes sense. like things and spending time in those games brings back so many fun memories, like the the music and the visuals just remind me of these good feelings when I was a kid. I can totally see that being a really big part of it. That people like come across these games when they're in their formative years and they have all these like floods of music and stuff. And the idea of just spending their whole day playing Mario 64 or something like that is all they want to do. And they feel great every time that they, and there's also the, the punishment side where they're trying to grind and get better, uh, where they get to see like how they place in the world. Like how much does their passion for Mario 64 rate against other people's and like their dedication and stuff like that. And speaking yeah, of Mario 64, as an example, I've seen videos of, of people who, do have the records or they're up there with the quickest speed runs for that game and it's i don't even know how they figured out the glitches like that 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 i think there's the staircase that leads you to the star door to fight to go to bowser's level and you like do a back jump like and you just like, like a hop, few times and you then hop you up right the stairs the wall, you through, yeah. like i'm like who is the person that figured that out and, and like figured it out to say that this legitimately exists and is a bug that can be exploited for this reason, yeah. you know? Uh, Zelda is riddled, like Zelda Ocarina of Time is riddled with them. Um, I think it's called arbitrary code execution. Right, okay. So, yeah, the idea is, yeah, yeah, like everything that you do in the game kind of boils down to some high-level machine language that's not human readable, right? Yes. But if you do a certain thing, like navigate through a menu and move your cursor over to this item, then close the menu and like jump backwards through this door, it'll boil down to like, let's say binary code. I don't think it's quite binary but something like along those lines and the game will register like know that you're going through a door see that sequence of inputs that code and suddenly go hey that means you're in bowser's castle and then just send you to bowser's or sorry ganon's castle because we're talking about zelda but uh the fact that somebody figures this out doesn't make sense to me like i can't even really like when somebody explains it to me i can't even understand it but it's an interesting way that people use their brains when it comes to talking about video or like how people different people play different video games like if i come across a bug or a glitch i'm like there's a bug or a glitch i'm going to restart or whatever else but someone's like how the fuck do i turn this to my advantage (laughs) i never think like that you know yeah i think it's some of it comes from a curiosity to understand uh like a or want to understand there was one speed run i watched today actually it was uh it was one of the uh, games done quick uh, speed runs I love those guys <laughs> oh my god GDQ is so fucking cool um, but one guy uh, shenanigans did a playthrough of Pokemon I think it was Pokemon Blue version or something 
where he and Pokemon's a great example of what you were talking about the arbitrary input thing. Oh yeah, it's because it's catch just, a Gengar in like a Viridian Forest or something. Just yeah, like you're, well, you're throwing a Pokeball at a at an Onyx, and then he goes, "Yeah, when I catch this, it's going to be a Zubat." And it's because <laughs> it's because the inputs that he's put in has written certain values to certain memory slots. Yeah, in the game's cartridge, and it's all memory slot manipulation and uh, like manipulating those like. Uh, those 255 possible like characters that can go into each one of those slots or 256 and go into each one of those possible slots and just doing that and like controlling the game and this guy goes through the whole game and it's the funniest thing because he'll he'll be what he's a funny guy as well like he has a great sense of humor for explaining it to people and he's like yeah we're just gonna go up to this you know i'd like to get the three starters so if i do this and this i'll just walk up to the sign and you know, it's really lucky that there's three Eevees in that sign. That's great. I'll just take those three Eevees and that's my three Eevee illusions for the game. And the goal of the playthrough is to get all, is to catch all 151 Pokemon. Catch. Uh, actually, 152 because he gets missing now as well. And <laughs> he's just, he, through his inputs on the Game Boy, he's controlling the memory values and stuff and just editing all the items. And it's insane to watch. The whole screen glitches out and everything. But he's like, yeah, and then I'm going to go here and then this is going to do this. And, and it's funny because, you know... When I was younger playing that game, the most I ever got into like manipulation, mm-hmm. and this is it's not even manipulation. I remember someone in my in the schoolyard saying, "Oh, if you hold down A and B while the Pokeballs catch the Pokemon, it's <laughs> an automatic catch." catch. Yeah. Never worked, but that was the most I ever got. I was like, "All right, game, prepare to be manipulated." Our, ours was uh, <laughs> up in A. That was our rule. Oh, ours was down in B. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. I, none of it worked. <laughs> well, we did, we did have the the missing no glitch. Like we all knew that. Oh yeah. So I mean, yeah, that that one worked. In fairness, yeah, the the ultimate, yeah, get a, a million of whatever yeah, items you wanted. Yeah, thing. But that that was that was doing exactly that. Like yeah. it was doing a certain sequence of events, putting in a certain sequence of inputs. Can you remember? Remember how to get? Oh uh, no, I remember you start off in this whatever the second city is. Is a Viridian City? You go to the guy who teaches you how to catch a Weedle. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you talk to him. You immediately fly then, I think, to Cinnabar Island. Do a direct walk across and surf up and down the east coast of Cinnabar Island. Until... more steps in between those two? I mean, let us know at the Gift of Gaming <laughs> podcast at gmail.com. Tweet us at Gift of Gaming Pod and let us know if that's how you catch Missing. No. It's, it's, hang on, missing number was just missing number, right? Because that was yeah. missing number. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. it was a missing value in the Pokedex. There you go. Yeah. But, yeah. That, but that was all that was. It was manipulating the, the the stored memory values in the game just by using inputs. And this guy shenanigans in his GDQ thing takes that to the absolute extreme, where he just walks through the game and catches whatever he wants to catch, and it's so fucking cool. It's so sick. Love that stuff. I think moving on from. Like, I mean, because the things that I love, like, in subculture would be, is the community stuff. <clears throat> and what I really enjoyed was when I first started playing uh, Animal Crossing. And that at the beginning of uh, lockdowns, the pandemic, that was such a nice thing to have. And at the same time, we kind of had, like, you know, GameStop stocks where, like, there was a whole community driving <laughs> the Diamond game. Hands or so, whatever, you know, like, the To line. the moon. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Diamond oh, Hands, all that type God. of stuff. Like, you know, apes, you know, apes together strong, all that type of stuff. <laughs> what was weird, what was a weird thing about my that mate, was... My buddy made a ton of money off that, a actually. Lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people lost some money as well. It was a dangerous old game. Uh, it's GameStop? Yeah, all right, yeah. I'll let myself out. Um, but I was playing Animal Crossing, and uh, at the time... I was getting to know the characters going through the game and I was introduced to this, This I think her name is Maisie, I can't remember, but she was like, hey, if you want to buy... Now, this is my first Animal Crossing game, so I had no prior experience that this was a little legitimate thing that existed. Um, but there's a, a Maisie who you can talk to and you can buy and sell turnips to her. 
but you buy them at a certain price and sell them at another certain price, a lot like stocks, essentially, like the, the turnip stock. But there's this whole community that like was born of that, where you could go onto like there was a website created. You know, I went onto Reddit being like, hey, any tips on how I can make like maximize my profits from my turnips? People are like, oh, dude, go to this website. Go to this website, and like you'll see that you can just you go on and give, people give their codes. They'll wake up, they'll start their island, they'll talk to Maze and be like, yeah, how much are you selling turnips for? And it could be nothing, or it could be like, oh, each turnip is like four hundred whatever the currency was and people would go on and they'd set up their island on this website be like here's the invite code uh, if you want to come in you're gonna have to pay me a hundred thousand whatever a trip or i want these kind of tickets or this furniture like people wanted their stuff i'll never forget my first island that i go to so when you go to an island you have this cool little um uh, little cutscene of like the plane flying over uh, that person's island as you're coming into land and there was three people waving up at me and i thought oh this island was only meant to kind of have like the one person this person had hired two it was the funniest thing had hired two of their friends and you can like customize your your character so they had shades and like suits on security they were security oh my god <laughs> to make sure you paid before you could go and talk to Maisie to sell your turnips at that price well, they could they like block a path they block a path so you can't get by them <laughs> and they, they'd wait there until you paid and it was insane but it got to a point where i was obsessed with like making money because i was like oh, I'd, I'd love to have like tons and tons of money so i can you know edit my own whatever have I my own to. security <laughs> But I used to go on it because it was Sunday was the day that uh, Maisie would come to the island. And I used to manipulate the time on my Switch to be like every day Sunday. And I would check every time because it randomized the number that Maisie would sell terms for on your island. And I went on one time and Maisie would sell them for like 650 something, which was insane money. And I put it up onto this this thing and it, it has a queue and I put max 50 people in the queue. Like who's going to come? I left my Switch on for like three, four hours just there beside me while I was working away from home. And this, I kept like in bings on my phone and from the website of people now coming to the island and the people leaving and people dropping bags of money at my feet to a point where I was like, <laughs> I thought I was going to be like, like the real kind person. I'm like, yeah, sure, come in, come in for free, whatever else. Me a month later was like, yo, bitch, pay the money or else you're going to get money. Like, Where's my, my money, boys bitch? will rough you up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got like hired goons now. And they're like, like you know? two dogs. <laughs> they're like, they're going there was rough this you. whole subculture that existed that was literally trading stocks. People trying to find like, I got to go to this island at the good price and sell, sell, sell and buy, 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 you know, oh, for turnips for an Animal Crossing. It was outrageous. Yeah. Yeah, man, Turnip Mafia would be a sick name for a band. <laughs> Turnip Mafia way. is pretty good, yeah. God, Animal Crossing seems like such a weird little game. Yeah, never, <laughs> never played it. But no, uh, I'm afraid of like I don't need a second. Yeah, life, me too. I don't. I'm also afraid. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> was perfect for. It really was because I I have zero interest in going back to it now. But it was perfect during the pandemic, and that like you would go and there's only so many things you could do in a day before it takes a day or two to reset, like cutting down a tree or whatever else. But it's so satisfying during the pandemic to wake up and i think i mentioned it before like pandemic was a pretty shitty time for most people all people i'd say but i remember waking up and be like oh god just i've got eight hours of working from home and i'm scared of everything and i'd finish work and i'd turn on animal crossing and he'd be like Papa, da, da. <laughs> i would let out this big sigh been like everything's okay <laughs> And then it'd be like, bye, 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 sell, 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 on my turnips, you The know? stress goes, it wasn't, wasn't Elijah Wood in on that action? Yeah, so Elijah Wood was a big, there was a cool, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Kind of Funny, um, yeah. the the guys. And they, one of the guys that kind of, special guest stars for them during the pandemic, he, like, he's done, he does writing for, uh, I think he did, like, the script or the screenplay for Rogue One and stuff like that. Really cool guy. Um, but he's big it's into Gary, games. Gary Witter. Gary Witter is the yeah. guy's name, yeah. And he did a thing called uh, Animal Talking. 
and he set up the basement in his house in Animal Crossing to look like a studio. So I had like a presenter's desk, a couch, and in the front there was all these cameras. And so it looked like a, a studio thing. And he actually contacted some celebrities that he knew out in the ether were big fans of Animal Crossing and would invite their character. So Elijah Wood's Animal Crossing character came to Gary Witt's Island went into his house, sat down on the couch, and then he started a live stream. Like, introducing, but he streamed, it was like them, just on Animal Crossing, and he was interviewing Elijah Wood in the yeah. whole format of Animal really Crossing. Cool. Oh, Lena Gomez was on it as well. It was no insane. Like, so how sick would it be if we actually had, like, uh, you know how uh, a lot of podcasts these days also have, like, the, the vidcasts that go along with it? Yeah, yeah. If we had a bunch of, like, regular, normal episodes, and then one time we're just, like, Animal Crossing characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be so like, good. Or, like, puppets, amazing. like, they have in community <laughs> oh, and stuff yeah, like exactly. that. All of us puppets on it. Yeah, that kind of stuff was mental, though. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of so- gaming subculture that I can get my hands, you know, hands on. I'm like, that's, that stuff's great. Like, you know, while we can't see each other, no problem. Let's just do a, a professionally done... And, like, they weren't taking the piss either. Like, Gary Wood was asking Elijah Wood, like, legitimate questions about upcoming this, that, and you know, like, a really professionally done interview thing and same with Cena mm-hmm. Gomez and her upcoming album all that kind of stuff but and he even had like a sound guy so we had a sound guy <laughs> making sure that everything was working but the sound guy's character was in the studio and the sound guy character would often run across and like pretend to fix up a uh, a camera or the soundboard I was like this shit's amazing <laughs> but I used to wait I was like I can't wait till the next Animal Talking or whatever the show was called I'd be there on, on uh, Twitch ready to watch Gary Wood's stream to see yeah. what guest he had on went on for weeks every Sunday for weeks he interviewed celebrities that's so that's so sick. dope I love that <laughs> Well, fellas, I think that's uh, a couple. I mean, I've got a got a couple other things here, but let's not let's not waste another episode. Yeah, well, I mean, of. we need post show content, so that's true. That's true. There we go. And uh, for those of you who want to listen to our post show, you need to hit up patreon.com forward slash the gift of gaming and uh, sign on to our tier there, where you'll get bonus episodes, post shows that we do after every week, and other episodes early, like the Hogwarts Legacy review coming this week. For the cost of a coffee. <laughs> for the cost, the cost of a coffee, of a month. Coffee. You're damn right. And and it, it, it's legit. I was joking about the we need content. We're totally prepared for every single post show. Every time, yeah, we, it, we it, definitely. It's know not that two weeks ago I had to do a post show all by myself because I was so poorly prepared that no one was available to do a post show with me. <laughs> And that wasn't a train crash at all. The post show, <laughs> post show is fun. Too. I still love how the episode you put up was pandemic games for your solo oh, yeah, post show. <laughs> so alone, Chris. I'm so alone. That was uh, to be to be sincere about it though. The post show does have a. I, I love the feel of the post show whenever I'm on it. Like it's it's very. It's a, not that these podcasts are feel like, like super overproduced or anything, but the post yeah. show is like kind of turn off our brains and we're just ourselves for a little yeah. bit. So. But if you want social connection, yeah, if you want to get in on that, what's your favorite color? (laughs) (laughs) The end. It's like a four-hour-long conversation. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so if you want to get involved with that or hit up uh, things early like reviews and stuff like that, you can head to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the gift of gaming. And if you want to join the conversation, you can tweet us at gift of gaming pod or email us at the gift of gaming podcast at gmail.com. Luke, Chris. Yo. This has been great. Thanks very much for uh, your input on subculture. I still don't really understand what that is, but I think we talked about something today at least, which is which is great. It's been great having you on the show. Uh, to our listeners out there, thanks again for listening. Thanks again for supporting. And if you do enjoy the show, it would mean so much to us here that if you could just tell at least one person, one of your pals who also likes video games, say, hey, these guys aren't morons. And you should listen to them a little bit. <laughs> Not all of them, at least. Dude. No, you don't have to tell them the first page. Just tell them to listen. <laughs> yeah. Tell them it's what's worth listening to. That'd be great. Hey uh, guys, thanks for uh, popping onto the show. Um, catch up for the post show next. And uh, to our listeners, it's been great. Luke, thank you very much. Chris, thank you very much. See ya. See ya. Keep enjoying Ciao, the gift. Bye-bye. That is gaming. Peace out.